Welcome to the We Have Issues podcast, a weekly look at the local issues and matters impacting Independence, Missouri. And now, your hosts, Lori Dean Wiley and Dan Hobart. Good morning. Good morning, Good Independence. Good evening. Yeah, depending Good on when you're listening. Good day. You know, there's this little this is, thing. Oh, we it. have issues. Independence. I'm Laurie Dean Wiley. Thank you, Dan Hobart. All right. You know, I just am so excited by this topic that I just want to fly I right know. into it. Skip right over everything. You know, because it is super califragilistic. Yes. Super Santa Caligana fragilistic. It is. Yes, it is. Um, and Dan swears he can spell the whole thing. We won't test him today, but, I can you do know, it. pretty I can impressive. Do I can do it, but you have to earn it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so we have, a, a, well, Santa Caligan on its way. You know, we are um, in the podcast room studio at the chamber, and you can tell there's a lot of activity going on. A lot of things still to be done. You know, how are we doing on volunteers? Um, how are we doing on vendors? How are we doing on just the excitement of the city? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, we this time of year, school's ready to start. Um, you think about the temperatures changing. You know, it's just, it's my favorite time of the year. You know, you, you, what year did it start? Well, this is our 50th. First year. What year did it start? 73. Oh. It's on your shirt, by the way. Oh, it's on my shirt. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm sporting Santa Caligon shirt today. <laughs> you know? This is a message for the rest of the world approaching 50, 50 years. So. 50. I think it's. It's, it's 50. Okay. All 23 right. minus 73 is. Aren't, yes. you, aren't you do money for a living? Yes, but our, our uh, but shirts yes, last year said 50th anniversary. No, they didn't. 50th celebration. They did? Yeah. How yeah, we it, had this big deal. How is it 50 last year if 50 is this year? I don't know. We might we might need to ask the podcast overlord that. Well, he's certainly got enough uh, <laughs> warning now to prepare, but, this, uh, prepare accordingly. Yes, but Probably truly, to do with- it's exciting. So I reached out, and, and I want to give a shout-out to Amy Knipp. She's the director of Santa Caligon Festival here at the Chamber, and um, it's just a big, big task. That's the thing. Um, and then I know it takes 400, 500 volunteers. Um, it's huge. It is. It's massive. It's really cool. Something tells me that, so last year was really successful. Something tells me this year might be the most successful we've seen in a long time. Um, you know, I just reached out to her and I said, hey, give me some updates. Where are we? And as of yesterday, 30 more vendors 30? than they had last year. Well, that's what happens when everybody has a record year. Exactly. People don't. I don't know that people realize this, but there are there are companies that come from all over the country yep. to do that. You know, it's a thing. There's yep. a thing where people have businesses where they just go to state Travel. fairs and festivals yep. and that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, but there there are companies that came last year 
that had their best day in the history of their company. And we're talking companies that have been around for decades. So, I mean, you know, you can't beat it. Yeah. It's fantastic. It's really very cool. I know people, brought, you know, they plan and plan and plan. And, you know, if it's their first couple of years, they almost always run out of their doohickey, you know, their food item. Um, so, Dan, you know, a really important topic about Santa Caligon. Yeah. What food item are you looking most forward to? The whip. The whip. The pineapple dole. Is every it time. The pineapple whip? Yeah, pineapple yeah. dole whip. Yeah. Unfortunately, you know, every day I work, I'm going to, yeah, at least have one. So. I'll have at least one. <laughs> you know, they used to, that only used to be available at Disneyland or Disney World. Like oh, they've wow. They've had them there for, it's like the secret mm-hmm. thing they've had forever. I guess not so secret because a lot of people go, but yeah, uh, I never knew about it till Santa Caligon. So it, very it's, excited. It's it's by very far good. my favorite. Yeah, so refreshing. You know, I remember ages ago it was all about certain churches' hamburgers, and then it was about a certain you know Boy Scouts cobbler, and then the it was you girl. know it's just. Funnel cakes. I mean, you know. Festival food is just the Fried bomb. food, food on a stick, <laughs> anything on a stick. I hope the, I hope the, uh, I don't know if the shaved ice people, I've really taken to them. They have a food truck. I okay. Don't, I don't know if they are able to set up for this or outside of this or. Yeah. Anyway. Well. Hopefully there's a shaved ice. I love, um, I look forward to seeing some of the people every year. Um, I haven't been volunteering nearly as long as others, but I think maybe the last eight or nine years. Yeah. And you really do, you know, I've been to lots of booths where they wanted to specifically be by another booth vendor because they travel from festival to festival and they really form this bond as vendors. And I think that does spill over Mm -hmm. into the overall atmosphere, the customer service and just the camaraderie and small town feel. Yeah, it really is. And then, you know, we have those that travel from out of state. We have those vendors that are more local and you get to kind of see what they do, their expertise. Um, For example, there's a farm that, you know, does candles and jelly and, you know, there's just the plant, you know, people that, you don't know, or the wine people. I mean, it's just, there's guy that does artwork that is so breathtaking that I look forward to just seeing what he's done every year, you know? So it's just a great, great event. And I feel so fortunate. It's one of those independence things that we are so, so fortunate to have. I, read, I don't know, you, you may or may not have seen this. Back when they started this, the chamber started this event in 73, and they were talking, <laughs> talking about it in 72. Yes. Uh, the greatest year known to man when I was born, yeah. of course. Yeah. Um, the, their plan was to have it just for a year or two on the square. Wow. Because there would be a permanent festival ground, like most things. Yeah. Uh, in Independence, the project got to phase one and then immediately stalled. Uh, this is no criticism, by the way, because it's just I was history. I was thinking about it. You know, mm-hmm. when you were talking about that, the vendors meet with each other and how how it feels very homey mm-hmm. here uh, during Santa Caligon. And the festival, 
does need it's a permanent fairground it 100 percent needs Absolutely. a dedicated space which we could use for other things as well this is 100 percent on the list of things independence needs to needs to do but it, yeah, w- you, it will be a bit of a sad day can you imagine the festival having its own home well double double the vendors and you look at that and you're excited yeah. for that but then you also get uh with Missouri weather, an opportunity to have shows at different times of the year and picnics on yeah. the ground, and you know it could oh, yeah. it could really expand a lot Our of entertainment options. Yeah, yeah, and lo- for all Eastern Jackson County, actually, absolutely. And I know that that's going to be a discussion soon, uh, and hopefully, an opportunity to provide that uh, yeah. kind of festival fair fair uh, land or amphitheater or something like that. So that's exciting. Yeah. You know, we we need to take advantage of the person who probably knows the most about Santa Caligon that happens to be in the room with us. That's our producer, Tom Lesnick, of the Independence Chamber. The podcast overlord. Yes. You know, I, I, uh, I really, just being in the building, you can see how just process-wise, I mean, it's like just a nailed-down event that, you know, A and B and C and D. I mean, it just Well, in all fairness, it, it, has, so been going, well. it has been going for a year or two. Yes. I mean, yes. by now there should be a book somewhere, yes. like a checklist or two. But, you know, some of the people have changed, and, and it's like they don't skip That's a right. beat, you know? It's I like know. Everybody's rowing in the same direction to put on this fantastic event. So um, I do want to ask Tom a few questions since we do have the expert in the room. Okay. But, you know, Tom, what is it that you think Santa Caligon in particular, um, to know that we are maxed out from a vendor perspective and just capacity of, of space, what is it that you think brings people to our city for this particular festival? Well, I think there's a number of things that uh, draw people to independence for Santa Carolina, and it's, you know, a lot of times for different people, different reasons. So there's there's food, um, yeah. which obviously we have we a know. number of vendors. <laughs> yeah, everything you can possibly imagine. And, and Dan, the Dole Whip will be here. I think they're on the uh, south side of the square. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Um, but you know, for some people, it's the music. It's it's different for a lot of people. Uh, sometimes it's just the experience of getting out. After we you know, lost uh, the festival back in 2020 due to COVID, uh, it was amazing how many people came out. Even though we were still in 2021 under some restrictions and had to be very careful, um, it was just that experience of getting out with people and having that uh, that time together to eat, eat corn dogs, funnel cakes, uh, enjoy, you know, great music, uh, all those things. Um, so for, I think for different people, it's different reasons. And Dan, I want to address your question about the 50th anniversary, which go. was last year. Yes. This was a big issue last year. On social media, probably the number one question we got asked. You've got to remember that when we think about birthdays, we don't have our birthday until we've been a year old. That's right. So what I, what I challenge people is take a piece of paper <laughs> and write down every Start year starting with 1973 and count up. And when you get to 2023, it will say 51. You know, you and your, you and your 
Logic. You and your fancy math. <laughs> <laughs> math is not my strong point, so I had to write it down on a piece of paper just to prove a point. <laughs> you know, Tom, uh, you, you mentioned food, and I must say, pork rinds are back. That's right, folks. Homemade, pork rinds homemade are pork back. Rinds. They are back, yes. yes. Oh, boy. So that's exciting. Um, but you mentioned entertainment, too. And so, you know, that is a huge draw for citizens and uh, the surrounding area to come to Santa Culligan. So um, you want to talk a little bit about our headliner and just some of the other uh, people that, you know, will be able to hear and, and enjoy. Um, and then a little bit about, I think the stage is different this year. So are you asking me or Tom? Oh, of course, our of course, expert Tom. is Santa Caligon. <laughs> yes, yeah, I think thank goodness because I just read the poster about who the entertainment is, the headliners. <laughs> well, I think people know a little different change at the stage, uh, and hopefully in a positive way. We are going with a different stage. The stage we've used for years is a probably a larger stage than the festival needs. Um, it is very difficult and expensive to set up. It requires a lot of labor. So we've gone with more of a hydraulic stage that's on a flatbed that they can just pull in and kind of it kind of expands out and set up as quick and easy. And also if we have a weather event where we need to get the stage down quickly, um, we can do this in a matter of minutes versus the other one, which would take at least an hour to bring down lights and the roof and things like that. So uh, it's a little bit of that way. What we are adding this year that we've never had before and I think is very common at most concert venues is to have uh, large uh, digital video screens on each side of the stage. So we'll have 13 by 8 video screens on each side. Uh, there'll be three cameras out that will basically give us um, close-ups of the performers for people maybe in the back of the main stage area. But also between shows and in the afternoon when there's not much going on there, we're going to actually have some uh, videos of uh, Ronald Reagan when he spoke at Santa Caligon back in the 1980s. Oh, that's uh, cool. some historical video content that we've collected over the years. Mm -hmm. um, we're going to have where you can actually scan a QR code on the screen and post your selfie pictures and uh, just kind of make comments about, you know, looking forward to the entertainment and that'll automatically show up on the screen. And it's kind of an interactive oh, way for the audience to get involved with that. Oh, um, boy. 15 yeah. minutes of fame. Is there a is there a buffer? <laughs> Tell me, there's a buffer. There is, is there a, a buffer. There's a content moderation filter that is okay. in place. So yes, it I will mean, be taken care of. It is Santa Caligon, Tom. <laughs> it's a family yep. event. Yep. that's yep. for sure. Yep. that will be our biggest challenge. We no doubt is making sure that we keep it family friendly. Uh, it'll it'll they'll be good. People will be good. Yeah. But from a music standpoint at the main stage, um, the last couple of years we've had great success. Yes. Some of our biggest crowds have been for tribute bands. Uh, most of the tribute bands that we, you know, our generation grew up with, uh, they've kind of aged out. They're either not performing or they're all in their 70s and not performing great. And so uh, we've looked for tribute bands around the Midwest that are uh, just fantastic. And so, like for example, on, on Friday night, we actually have um, three tribute bands. Boogie Nights, which does uh, <laughs> tribute to 70s music. Brad Speaks, who uh, who many of you know, uh, Brad has been on the chamber board and involved with a lot of things in our community. Incredible um, human being, Brad yeah, Speaks. Brad, Brad is actually Ooh. playing bass guitar. He's kind of a backup for him on some other gigs, but my understanding, he will be here and playing bass guitar in his uh, six-inch heels that he so has. So he's providing the beats for the boogie. He is. He All is. right. Yeah. That's at 5 o'clock, so we start early Friday night. Um, we have the M80s. They're doing all 80s hits. 
Uh, they're kind of a regional band here in the Kansas City area. And then at 9 o'clock, we have a tribute to Jimmy Buffett uh, <laughs> called Bluff It. Oh, so hilarious. they are a eight-piece band with uh, backup wow. singers, and uh, it's, it's pretty authentic. They uh, wow. do a great job. They travel uh, nationally doing their show, and so they'll do a 90-minute show starting at 9 o'clock on Friday night. Mm. Wow. I was just talking to somebody yesterday about how music just can change your attitude, your how you feel about a situation. It can, you know, make you think. It can bring you joy. And I love tribute bands because it always takes you back to the nostalgia of the original. And, you know, in most cases, oh, you'll yeah. remember high school or you can remember your kiddo. You remember or, your car. You remember yeah. what you, your clothes you had. Yeah. And, and then you also the know cases, all the words. Tape, ca you know? tape cases, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. those sound fantastic. Yep. So once again, what time does the tribute band start on Friday? So Friday night, 5 o'clock is the first act. Okay. It starts a little earlier than most nights. Most nights we're starting at 5.30, but 5 o'clock on Friday night. We will have at 6.30 between the first and second bands, we'll have all of our medallion winners. We've done the medallion search um, for the last couple of weeks. Oh, we have eight nice. medallions that have been found, and those eight winners will come up on stage. And Mayor Roland will be there to do a heads or tails contest, and the winner will get a grand prize, which will include 10 VIP seats for Saturday night's shows in our partner's tent, uh, along with food and a chance to meet uh, Eddie Montgomery, who's our headliner on Saturday night. Nice. Dang. Wow. That's some good country right Should there. Should I not found that found a medallion? There you yeah. go. Is there any still out there anywhere? Nope. They have, it is by the over. Air, by the air date of this podcast, they will yeah. all have been found. Oh, that's true. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. Wow. That's a fun... I'm glad that that came back. That came back last year for our anniversary, right? The 50th. And yeah. It was a huge hit, so... Okay, you don't have to keep rubbing that in. <laughs> all right. I'm not rubbing it in. It's just a fact. <laughs> so... Uh, I'm glad that Tom did the math for that and explained it. Cause, so much. Yeah. Um, so, who else is on Saturday night for entertainment? Um, Saturday night's going to be our country night. Um, okay. Our country music is very popular, and we try to bring in national acts. There's still a lot of touring national acts. There are bands from the 90s. Uh, so our headliner on uh, Saturday night is going to be Eddie Montgomery of Montgomery Gentry. He puts on a fantastic show uh, starting at 9 o'clock. Before that will be a young man named Trey Landon. Trey is a up-and-coming star out of Nashville, and he's. Oh, wow. we hope he keeps in our tradition of previous years where back in the 90s we had uh, the Dixie Chicks as they were kind of breaking free. Uh, yeah. Kenny Chesney has been here, Dirks Bentley, um, a lot of Eric Church, a lot of big stars who got their start um, played Santa Caligon. That's and, amazing. Uh, and so we always look for that Young and upcoming Nashville artist, and so Trey Landon will be a seven o'clock show, and he he does a great show as well. And then the opener that night is a is a tribute group um, to the Judds. Oh. Uh, we had Winona Judd here back in 2019, and so yep. we've got a, a local a group that does this tribute called Why Not Me, and uh, they'll do their show starting at 5:30 Saturday night. I love tribute bands' names. They're such a nice play on on the original. That's so fun. You know, another thing that uh, director of Santa Caligon, Amy Knipp, said uh, when we talked yesterday was that there are more displays than ever. And I wasn't quite sure 
what she meant by displays is that companies, you know, bring in their new idea, or is it like more participatory things for attenders, attendees, attendees at Senecaligon, Tom? Well, the booths that do really well are the ones that provide experiences. They may be selling a product, but at the end of the day, they really want to sell an experience and provide that for the attendees, and, and we find those are really popular um, there's a couple of them that we are still finalizing that I can't really talk about okay. yet. In fact, don't even know the specifics of what the experiences they're offering, but it's, uh, it's unique to the festival. We've never had it before. And so I think when people come, they're going to notice some things that um, whether you're, uh, you're 9 or 90 years old, there's an experience for you that you can enjoy at the festival. And so um, that, that, we're seeing that more and more with some of the booths. Um, that's the thing that kind of draws people in. They may have a hook to sell you something, but... Um, what they want to do first is provide you with that experience. So, Tom, you've been working with Santa Caligon for a number of years now. Do you have, like, a favorite memory that really stands out? You know, Lori, it's strange that um, we are so deeply engrossed in the operation of Santa Caligon that we as staff members and even committee members of the festival rarely get an opportunity to enjoy the festival. Um, you know, we try to take a few moments to walk around, talk to the vendors. Um, I'm very actively involved with booking most of the music on the, on the main stage. Yeah. And so I get an opportunity to kind of work with the bands a little bit, and I, I enjoy that. Um, I get to be backstage at different times before the performances and kind of see how that ha- happens and takes place. But for the most part, um, a lot of things that we always remember are those odd experiences where uh, somebody brings in what they call a service snake wrapped around their neck, which was a boa yeah. constrictor. Oh, my. Um, just just <laughs> kind of odd things like that yeah. that you experience and have to deal with during the course of a festival. Those yeah. are the things that kind of stick in our minds. Well, you know, we've, um, we live in a city, and, you know, we have hundreds of thousands of attendees at Santa Caligari. 300 so plus. Can you talk a little bit about you know, just safety and security for the festival? Yeah, uh, it's our number one concern. Uh, We spend a lot of time working on our safety plan, coordinating with uh, public safety, with AMR, with the fire department. Um, We really make sure that no stone is unturned. Um, We do a lot of uh, surveillance with the drones that are be flying around during the festival to look for problem areas. Uh, there are cameras pr- pretty much covering every inch of the festival uh, so we can identify any issues that are, you know, before they really escalate and become a big problem. Um, you know, we have police that do an incredible job of not only during the festival hours, but they're also here overnight making sure we don't have any issues with uh, people breaking into vendor booths because the vendors leave most of their stuff out here and a lot of the booths are open air. Uh, they're either under a tent, but they're not in a real secure area. So we contract with the police to provide overnight security. And then with the carnival, which has been a hot-button issue for a couple of years, and we feel like we've got it under control with some new regulations, you know, completely fenced in. Uh, we're using a group called Stratagos to provide security at the carnival. They'll be screening, doing bag checks as people come in. Um, there were some new rules implemented last year that worked out very well. Uh, people that are coming in, you must buy a ticket or an armband. You cannot walk in and, and just walk around the carnival. Um, you need to have some kind of paid admission to come into that. Uh, no backpacks, no large bags. 
Um, and it worked out great last year. We had no issues, and actually we had a better carnival. And, and financially, both the festival and the carnival operator did better because people felt safer. And so we, we spend a lot of time on safety, and um, you know, fortunately we've, uh, we've been able to avoid any major issues. But it's, it's a challenge with this many people in a, a nine-block square area. It's, uh, it's, a, it's a big challenge to keep everyone safe. You know, I think some people, maybe they're newer to our town, or maybe they're just passing through, um, but lots of people don't understand that entering the festival is free of charge. And so I like to point that out, that this is really a service provided by a good collaboration of the city and the Square Association, um, but really a labor of love, and I will say labor, from the Independence Chamber of Commerce. Um, Dan, there's no way an event like this happens without a lot of volunteers and, and the staff at the chamber. But I also, um, because of that collaboration with the city, I know that, that there are benefits to this city. So as an elected official, how, what are some ways that you think this festival benefits overall Independence, Missouri? Well, a couple of things. One is cash, right? Yeah. So vendors should, or if you're listening, <laughs> please pay your sales tax. Oh, okay. All yeah, of yeah, you, yeah. please, please, yeah. please, pretty please. Uh, it, you know, it's it's a rare opportunity that you get to triple your population in the course of a weekend, right? Yeah. And people do come from all over, all over the metro, but all over the, you know, driving distance, you know, eight state area or whatever it is that we have that is considered eight, eight hours driving, to a day's driving distance. Yes. Which, which Kansas City, Independence, obviously has a actually bigger reach than uh, a lot of pl uh, places you would typically think. So we get people from all over. It's a, it's a really good opportunity to introduce people to a, a laid-back, mm -hmm. uh, hometowny feel festival. You know, people go up to the Iowa State Fair. It's one of the most popular state fairs right. around. Uh, and it's the food and the butter cow and all these things, the butter sculptures and all the things they do that are, <laughs> they've, every, they've become known for. But, yeah. you know... But it's big, and it's on a big fairground, and it's this is a big festival that doesn't always feel that big, uh, and I, and I think that's a huge part of the charm, uh, for sure. Uh, not to mention that, you know, the history is around us, especially on the square, uh, the jails there, and you know we'll have the we'll have the 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 he'll still be driving his tour around. Uh, what's the guy with the mules and uh does the covered wagon tours. Uh, roger goldsmith roger ralph. ralph 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 i knew it was an r yeah it's not roger ralph i was Goldsmith. like that's not right ralph, <laughs> ralph hey, i just know him as mule skinner ralph ralph will be on the on the edges riding around uh, yeah. you know it's just a it's a great way for people to come to independence and have a good experience as opposed to uh, you know maintaining this uh not true reputation that we're you know, somehow lesser than. So uh, it's fantastic. So it's a good reputation thing for us. It's a good chance for us 
mm-hmm. uh, at some point even more so uh, as we get more into tourism, as we work on the Trails Museum, as we do some of these, you know, changing around right. our ideas of tourism and history and marketing our city and reputation. Uh, Santa Caligon is the focal point and the center point for that. It's a linchpin for that. It is, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, and the chamber does. They kill it. And I'm glad Tom brought up the carnival. I want to say this real quick. It's actually really fun. Uh, The the folks that do it, uh, I think they're the biggest touring one in the country still. These things used to be huge, you know, when we were kids in the 70s and 80s. They're not as big now, but... These, these folks do a great job, and you can ride the Ferris wheel especially and get a great view of Independence. You can see downtown, mm-hmm. and, you know, it's it's really, it's a cool thing. So don't, you know, get your kids, just come up for a few hours in the daytime, maybe in the morning, one of the mornings, if it's, if you don't like the heat, and, you know, get a Dole Whip. There you go. Ride or the two. Ferris wheel. Yeah. Um, well, before, Buy some crafts. before I... Uh, go and let Tom go from this uh, particular episode. Um, I've just wondered, has anybody calculated the number of volunteer hours it takes to put on this festival, Tom? Uh, not until you ask me that question in advance of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> just to give you some background, this festival doesn't happen without a lot of volunteers. Um, we have about a little over 400 volunteer spots that are open. Uh, that we fill every single year, and this year we are already above that 400 number. Um, The volunteers, we ask them typically to provide about four hours of service. They do anything from working in the the beer gardens to being tent ambassadors to helping out with delivering Pepsi and ice and all these different things. And, um, you know, with those 400 people working those four hours, that's about 1,700 hours that are uh, dedicated to... uh, volunteer hours during the course of the festival and if you laid all those back to back it equals about 70 days so that's <laughs> an interesting interesting fact now here's one that's even more uh, amazing is that you know we have a committee of about 40 people uh, we meet every month throughout the summer in august we meet every thursday night in preparation and uh, members of this committee are in charge of various things like security and the main stage community stage uh, main street 1849 um, you know, the 10 ambassadors, uh, providing uh, food for our, um, our musical entertainment, um, guest relations, you name it. And of those 40 people, during the festival, they will work on average anywhere from 15 to 18 hours every single day for six days, even though it's a four-day festival. Every single day. Every single day. Wow. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, they, they put together about 3,400 volunteer hours among just those 40 people. It's a, it's a, it's a grind, and it's a, it's a challenge, and we appreciate them so much. You know, we're always looking for new people to get involved with the festival. We're all getting a little older, and uh, we're looking for that young blood. So if anybody wants to take an active involvement, we're always looking for volunteers for the uh, committee. Don't contact them until about three weeks after this year's Santa Caligon, but, yeah, get on the list to volunteer and become a part of that committee. Um, just want to remind you, the Santa Caligon Festival is September 1st to September 4th this year. Once again, it's free to come in and, and partake and look at the vendors and and uh, really enjoy it. But our goal, we hope, 
that you will help us support the vendors that are here um, by spending some of your your dollars to make not only independence shine uh, because of their success, but really help these visiting vendors be successful uh, with their time here at Independence. So look forward to seeing you at Santa Caligana. And once again, we know it's going to be super Santa Caligana. Expialidocious. Expialidocious. All right, that's it for today. I'm Laurie Dean Wiley. Adios. I'm Dan Hobart. We'll see you next time. We want to thank you for joining us. I'm Laurie Dean Wiley. And I'm Dan Hobart. Join us again next week because we have issues. (laughs) Ha, ha, ha.